Welcome to BIV Today. We're here with Minister of Housing Robbie Callon to chat about all things affordability within the province. Thank you, Mr. Callon, for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the on the on the show, the podcast. Look forward to chatting. Great. Yeah, so to start off, um, there was a recent BCREA study from March that indicated that the province has to build 25% more housing than usual over the next five years in order to address deteriorating affordability. How confident are you that we can reach this goal? Well, it's certainly a big challenge. Uh, We have not only uh, regulatory policies that we need to reform so we can get housing built faster, we also need the workforce to be able to uh, be able to uh, produce the amount of housing that we need to meet our targets. So that's going to require a a multifaceted uh, approach. Uh, We're going to have to innovate. We're going to have to find ways to get housing built with less people as we move forward. Uh, Immigration will solve some of those challenges, but they won't solve solve all of them. Uh, We have to find ways to do things differently. Uh, That's what excites me about the opportunity ahead of us. Uh, But I know it's going to be a challenge that we, we will meet. Mm-hmm. You mentioned building housing faster. Supply has been a huge uh, focus of topic for housing. I've been speaking with housing experts and they've said, you know, we have supply, we have demand and we have finance when it comes to housing. And I'm curious, what policies is the province focusing on right now to ensure that the way we finance housing isn't working against our efforts to build affordability? Well, the finance challenge is is a real one, and much of it is outside of our control. Uh, a lot of the levers required around finance are with the federal government. Uh, certainly, we've been having conversations with them uh, regarding um, uh, making it easier for projects to go ahead. Uh, the banking industry is largely... Uh, um, I guess, within the federal domain. Uh, and we have very little levers around that. I have met with um, uh, many of uh, our credit unions across British Columbia because that falls within the provincial domain uh, to talk about uh, what they can do to help us get more housing built. I've heard from uh, those in the in the development industry, the construction industry, regarding uh, some of the rules that maybe uh, are uh, uh, prohibiting some development of housing come online, uh, certainly requiring a certain amount of units to be pre-sold and those kind of challenges. They're real challenges, but those are very much in the, in the federal government's domain. And uh, our focus has been on both uh, the supply measures Uh, as well as addressing some demand pieces uh, as we move forward. Mm -hmm. When it comes to that supply, you recently announced the 10 municipalities that will have housing targets set for them. I'm curious, are you able to elaborate on how those municipalities compared against each other when you were making those decisions? Well, they varied. Uh, Seven of the 10 communities that we've announced are uh, 80,000 and higher in population, and three are in the 10,000 to 80,000. And what we did, why we did that was we didn't want it to be just the larger communities that are getting the targets. We want to ensure that everyone understands that everyone has to be part of the solution. And so the work we've been doing uh, with communities, uh, I believe this week is when staff are meeting with local governments about their targets or what we believe their targets should be uh, with updated stats from uh, Stats Canada. Uh, Those conversations will lead to us uh, in probably uh, early fall, making those targets public. 
but it's not just targets. I know Ontario uh, said to communities, we want you to build this many units. We're going beyond that. We're looking at what UK has done. We're learning from California. We're looking at how do communities not only get units, but how do they get one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom units built? Because we know it's not just one bedroom units. Those are easier to build, um, but it's, those are not addressing the real needs of, uh, of, uh, of our population. So getting to a certain level of units, getting to thresholds where we can get back to a level of affordability, but also getting to the type of units that we, we want to see built in communities. So those are the conversations that are happening right now uh, with local governments. We'll be making that uh, public. Uh, and it's going to be important because the first 10 communities have been announced, but it doesn't mean that we're going to stop there. Uh, later this year, we'll probably announce the next 10. Uh, and then next year, we'll announce the next 10. And we're going to go through methodically making sure that all communities are participating in in addressing the challenge that we have. Mm -hmm. Are you able to give us any hints as to what those targets might look like? Uh, I, I will just say that uh, for most communities, uh, the targets are uh, higher than their higher housing needs reports have assessed. Uh, for some, it's because uh, they they uh, they had reports that came to council that uh, looked at future growth, but didn't address the fact that they hadn't been growing for the last few years. Uh, some communities used 2016 stats. Uh, for their housing needs reports. And, and many of them will be shocked to see the 2021 stats that uh, significantly increase the demand that we have uh, for housing in our communities. And so, um, and, and then there's a, maybe a handful of communities that had housing needs within the range of what we'd like them to see, but just didn't have the right mix. Uh, heavily weighted towards one bedroom units and not to the two and three bedroom units and not having enough supportive housing and shelters that are required to to meet the needs of the communities as well. So those are really the three buckets that we're, we're seeing so far. Again, those conversations with local government that we're having right now over the next 30 days are going to be important. Uh, we're not going to always agree. But I think it's important to hear from them about where there may be certain barriers for them to reach their targets. And then again, we'll make those targets public. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to this Housing Supply Act, there's kind of the carrot and stick approach that's been said to go along with it. The carrot being incentivizing municipalities with you know, parks, public services, things to go along with those um, housing units. But then there's the stick approach, which is the threat of potential you know, provincial oversight when it comes to this stick portion of that approach, I mean, to what extent are you really going to be punishing municipalities if they can't reach those targets, especially given the pressures on the construction industry that you touched on earlier, as well as just, you know, economic headwinds out of those municipalities control? Well, I would say a couple of things. Um, punish is not the word uh, I would use. I, I would say that first off, we're all in a situation where um, the challenges that we're facing in British Columbia are based on the fact that we have the strongest economy in the country. We have 250,000 people that came to British Columbia in the last two years. That's one of the highest migration numbers ever. So we're 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 dealing with that as a backdrop and the pressure is being felt everywhere. And so what we're saying to communities is, we want to work with you to get these targets. This is not a, you know, uh, punishing communities uh, model, but 
if there's a community that does not want to participate, that doesn't believe that they should be part of the solution, then after six months, uh, we have the ability, I have the ability to put an independent person in to assess what the barrier is. If the barrier is they just don't want to participate, well, then that's easy. Uh, and then we have the ability to step in and make the decisions that are required in the community. Uh, but if it's other barriers, we want to know what they are. Um, and uh, and we're prepared. We're prepared to go into a community and make those tough decisions if a community is not uh, willing to do so. So far, I've heard uh, from all the 10 communities that they understand they have to be part of it. Uh, I wouldn't say everyone is happy, uh, but I would say that they understand that uh, they want and they want to work together to, to reach the targets as we can. Now, uh, there are uh, some barriers for communities to reach them. We're not saying that they have to get every single unit built because you're right, there's going to be some market forces that will be in the way that make it hard for some uh, targets to be met as far as units built. Uh, but that being said, communities need to prepare for the, uh, the, the private sector or the not-for-profit sector or others to step in to build that housing. And so what we're asking communities is, here's your targets. Now go out, update your OCPs to reflect the, uh, the demand that you have coming. And then it's up to the, uh, the private sector, the not-for-profit sector, et cetera, to meet that demand. But create the condition for those units to be built. And that's what the targets are about. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest barriers that we've seen uh, for housing in the province is just the housing approval process in general. And you guys have made tons of promises to digitize that process. The last time we spoke, it was about the digitization process. What updates can you give us on that front? Well, I'm uh, super excited about the potential around digitizing uh, the entire process. Uh, since then, we announced, uh, I believe it's $9 million for the digital supercluster, or now known as digital, uh, to work with the private sector on pilot projects so that we can uh, digitize not only our processes, but we can have our partners moving along with us. So they're working hand in hand with us on, on the path forward. We've had fantastic um, uh, engagement with local government, with industry leaders about what the path forward should be. In fact, I've had great conversations with the federal government as well. My biggest concern is the federal government putting money into local governments to digitize their processes, but everyone doing different things. We need to find a streamlined approach so that uh, if a proponent comes forward, not-for-profit or private sector proponent, that they're not navigating every community differently. There needs to be some streamlined approach so that we can have um, the limited resources we have being able to go to any community. And so the work we've been doing over the last, uh, I would say, two months has been getting communities together to an understanding of what we can do together, how we should move forward together. We're getting close to that, which is exciting. We've, um, we're very close to uh, being able to announce the first, I guess, 15 to 20 communities that will be working together to digitize in a, in a streamlined approach. Once we've done that, we'll announce not only the, the 15 to 20 communities, we'll announce the, the steps we'll be taking uh, to streamline our, our process going forward. I can say that uh, we will be leaders in Canada in digitizing our building code. Uh, we will be moving to having it BIM enabled, to creating tools so that uh, a project that's designed with BIM and GIS, uh, which most 
projects are being designed that way, uh, will one day be able to put, come into a system and be automated, uh, have auto compliance checks done. Uh, and so that's exciting for me. Uh, and again, getting everyone together is going to be key. So that's the one part is the digitizing piece. I could spend the entire 20 minutes on this. <laughs> Um, because I came from the ministry where we led innovation. So I know that the opportunities are there and I know that tech exists. It's about bringing people together. Uh, also, we need reform on uh, permitting uh, at the local government level and provincial. We've taken steps at the provincial level. We have a one-stop shop now uh, for all multi-unit residential buildings. Um, and we're already starting to see actually progress. I've heard from partners saying, finally, uh, files are moving, which is great news. Um, but local governments have over 90% of the permits. We need to reform that process. This fall, we have a lot of legislation coming, uh, whether that's uh, allowing up to four units on small, uh, on, um, on single family lots, on larger lots, uh, on reforming how financing is done uh, at the local government when it comes to projects, uh, but also how decisions are made and, and putting more certainty in the decision-making process. So it's going to be a busy fall. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you mentioned the federal government and the role that they play in housing. You've repeatedly called on the federal government to tie immigration targets to housing targets. Um, you've called kind of the dilemma that we have here with newcomers as well as our you know, existing demand as a double-edged sword. Has the federal government indicated that there's any possibility that they may start to you know, tie immigration to housing or look at those two things in conjunction? Well, Premier Eby uh, and I had an opportunity to sit down with Minister Freeland and Mr. Hassan last uh, week or two weeks ago. Um, and uh, I felt a little more confident coming out of that conversation that uh, they understand that this is a big challenge. They understand that uh, with our economic growth comes different pressures than perhaps we're used to dealing with. Uh, and uh, and so, you know, what we're asking them is a whole host of measures. You know, we're asking them to match us when it comes to Indigenous housing. Um, because right now we're the only province that's funding on reserve housing because we just couldn't wait anymore. And and we're actually funding a lot more than the federal government is funding when it comes to Indigenous housing. And it's supposed to be their jurisdiction. So we're asking them to match us on that. We're asking us to support us on encampments uh, and, uh, and the pressures we're facing around homelessness. And we're asking them also to consider removing GST on purpose-built rentals. Uh, we know that right now interest rates uh, are have gone up dramatically. A lot of projects that were viable uh, previously are now uh, in question. So we have to reform the way we're uh, in uh, that uh, that uh, our system as we move forward. One of the ways the federal government can do that is removing GST for purpose-built rentals. We've asked them to consider that uh, and, and a whole host of other measures. And I would say that um, I'm uh, cautiously optimistic that uh, they got our message. Premier Eby was pretty um, uh, forthright with them that uh, something needs to happen. But we also have said to them that we will go alone. Um, we're not going to sit around waiting for the federal government to, to step in. We want them to be partners. We are good partners with them on many other things. Um, and, and sitting, you know, and they have done more than any other federal government, certainly in the last 30 years. But that's not enough with the pressures we're facing. And so that was our message to the federal government. We want to align. Uh, we have been seeing small signs that, uh, that there's more alignment happening, but there's a lot more work to do. Mm-hmm. 
you touched on so many things there that I'd love to get into. I'm sure we don't have the time to touch on all of them. But um, I want to focus a bit on rental there, just because it is such a huge conversation here in BC. We have a sizable amount of our population that are renters. Recent data shows that 16% of BC renters are spending more than 50% of their income on rent and utilities. When it comes to rent and what you can do here, what is your biggest focus right now in order to improve rental affordability and availability? Well, we've got the rental tax credit that's coming in that's going to support some folks. Um, we know that right now the biggest challenge we have is there's not enough units coming online. Uh, you know, we are setting records when it comes to purpose-built rentals. The last, I think, three years, we've averaged close to 14000 a year. If you go back to 10 years, we were about 4000 a year. So it's significantly increased. I think the housing hub, which is supporting uh, from the province, which uh, is a supply um, uh, tool, uh, low cost financing to get more supply on, uh, has had some benefits. Uh, the federal government's uh, program has also supported some of the, the purpose-built rentals coming online. Uh, but we need more. You know, one of the big things for us is that, um, you know, BC housing in particular has focused on low income, supportive housing, shelters in the past. But we clearly now know that the government needs to step into the space of building affordable units for middle income families. Um, and, you know, I know there was a, a time where people said the private sector will just solve it, just step back and let them do it. It's just not happening. And, and you know, I talk to private sector builders all the time who say, with the conditions that we're in now, um, you know, getting to market rental is as good as they can get. They, it's hard for them to get below market and we need that. So we're gonna to continue to encourage them to build that market rate, but we're gonna to need to get to more affordable. And so BC builds is something that we're gonna put a lot of focus in on. Uh, we'll have details early in the new year, but we're gonna look at government lands, uh, and so right now we're creating a land bank of all government lands, whether it's municipal owned, crown corporations, uh, school boards, or the province. And we're creating an inventory of what can be used to build affordable housing. We're looking at what financing tools we have within government to uh, dramatically help us lower the costs. And lastly is um, we need to find ways for these projects to be done much faster through regulatory process. And so all three things will be part of BC Builds and it's coming in the new year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, are there any specific policies that we can expect from the province that will address missing middle housing? Uh, lots. Uh, we will be bringing in uh, policies this fall when it comes to small scale multi units. So as I highlighted, allowing up to four units on larger lots um, and having some uniformed approach across the province, not just one community trying something. And with that, it's going to be, you know, uh, we're going to put in pieces around uh, setbacks, around heights, around parking, because no point in having legislation if we're not actually getting these units built. Uh, and we know that when you bring policies forward, some local governments use these tools to not allow that housing to be built in their communities. And so you'll see steps on that. You'll see us taking aggressive steps on uh, and, and having additional density around transit uh, so we can encourage trans-oriented development, having affordable units near transit where people want to be. Uh, and, uh, and so those reforms are coming this fall. Um, we're also looking at the demand side. Um, you know, we, we have said 
it's a speculation and vacancy tax, which brought 20,000 units back into the market uh, in, in Metro Vancouver, has been an effective tool in some communities. So we'll be looking at other communities where we believe we can bring that in so we can get more of our housing back into housing and not sitting there empty. We're also going to be looking at short-term rentals. Uh, we know that um, they're important in many parts of the community, and so uh, especially to support our tourism. But we also know that there's just too much of our housing stock that's going into that space. And when you have young people who are saying, I don't know if I can stay here anymore because it's becoming too unaffordable, we are at risk of losing an entire generation uh, because of uh, housing pressure. So that is our number one priority, and so you'll see steps on that as well. Wonderful. And we don't have too much time left. So I'll ask one more question. Um, we've mentioned so many different initiatives, policies, things we have to work on when it comes to housing in BC. Um, but one thing we haven't really touched on is homelessness in BC. What can you do to reassure not only just BC residents, but people experiencing homelessness that despite, you know, this huge agenda that we have, that is still a priority for the BC government? Well, it's always been a priority for us as a government. I would say that um, the homelessness is not disconnected from the other housing issues that we're talking about. You know, what we're seeing is when you have a limited supply, it's putting downward pressure on everyone. And unfortunately, the most vulnerable are the ones who are uh, facing the challenges. You know, for many people, they assume when they see someone who's homeless that it's mental health or, uh, or addictions related. And, and no, it's not. We have young people who are working both Couples, maybe in many cases, have um, uh, full-time jobs who are living in RVs or living in parks because they just cannot find a place. And so all these policy measures are actually connected. Uh, and every day I get up thinking, how do we ensure that those folks who are uh, living in an encampment or living in a tent can actually get into housing? And so that's requiring supportive housing, requiring increased capacity shelters. Um, in Vancouver, Premier Levy announced a significant amount of additional housing units that we're bringing on to support people that are living in encampments. Uh, and so what you'll see is uh, in the coming uh, months ahead, uh, a real targeted focus on some of our larger communities and addressing some of the encampments, both better coordination of the supports that we provide individuals uh, so that it's not just different people coming all the time, but a, a more a methodical approach but also additional capacity of housing units uh, in targeted communities to get some of the challenges we have uh, um, uh, under our belts. And so uh, it's a real it's a real issue. It's a real challenge. But all of these issues are, are connected. I didn't have gray hairs until I started the housing file. Uh, but uh, but uh, I do believe we're going to get there because no matter who I talk to, everyone understands that we're in this together. Just like we were in the pandemic, we can get through this as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for taking the time to chat with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and look forward to coming back with more updates. Yes, looking forward to it as well. Thank you. Thank you.